Welcome back to the Be Free Show, where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Loretta Roski, your host, and we are talking about being stirred up today. Stirred up. There's some good ways of being stirred and maybe not so good ways to be yeah, stirred. Yeah, I had my husband stir me to oh, yeah. anger mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. times, and I'm sure I've stirred him too, so yes. it's a two-way street. <laughs> I, I so understand. I I would like to say I've never done that, but then I'd be lying for sure. So we are going to go there. But we are in Haggai chapter one, and uh, we are talking about the message that the prophet Haggai gave to Zerubbabel, the governor, uh, and Joshua, the high priest, and the people. And they were called, they were the exiles that had returned home to rebuild the temple. That That was their assignment. That was their mission. And so God said, consider your ways. Think about it. Think about your ways. Think about what you're doing. Think about your conduct and all that stuff. And the fruit you've received. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is coming from that? Uh, and it will, it will definitely cause you to think. So in Amplified, it says, conduct your ways. Con- excuse me. Consider your ways, your previous and present conduct and how you have fared. That's always a really good plan. Consider your ways, you know, what you're doing, your habits, your everyday, daily living, and your present and past, and how you are faring. In other words, what's the fruit of it? And then you can decide, do I want to continue this way, or does something need to change? So uh, then God said, you have neglected my house, but beautified your own homes. And he called them to go back and build the temple. And so and he, he told them, he said, uh, build my house, build my house. But there were some problems. There were some reasons why they got off assignment of building the house of God and started building their own. One, they became disinterested. They started to lose interest. See, our our natural mind always wants to be entertained, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excited, you know. They didn't want to see, they didn't see what they wanted to see fast enough. Right, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't like to watch the the shows where they're remodeling and all and golf. They're, they're doing well, I don't like yeah, to watch golf. golf yeah I like the remodel shows because right. there's an end well no <laughs> I like I like the when they start decorating yeah. I don't like the oh they're going to knock this wall out and put something in and this and that and the other I'm like oh that is just so boring <laughs> although I know it's necessary but you know they got just the the people got disinterested they they got off task they started their assigned task, but then they started experience opposition and the work stopped. You know, the Bible says in this world, you will have tribulation. I've said that probably a thousand times on this show, not this particular show, but in this world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so just because you're out having opposition, that doesn't mean that you are off kilter, that you've missed God. Now it may be, but normally, the devil will really find right. something he that he is, doesn't want any fruit yeah. produced. And yeah. as our good friend Max Greiner says, it's negative confirmation <laughs> whenever <laughs> there's opposition. So they stopped, and they became more concerned about building their own houses, causing them to be beautiful paneled homes instead of building the house of God. And the people of Israel, the the uh, Israelites, the center was to be their worship. The center of life was to be worship. So he had to wake the people up from their apathetic attitude. God speaks to them twice. Consider your ways, consider your ways. And so he stirred them up. Wake, he woke them up. 
And the second problem was discouragement. Everybody, anybody ever been there? Yep. <laughs> I've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, because they had seen, some of them, the, the older people had seen Solomon's temple and all its glory. They had remembered how beautiful, I mean, can you imagine seeing Solomon's temple? That it was absolutely gorgeous beyond compare. And so when they started building this new temple, there was no way it was going to ever measure up. There was no way they could ever compare to it. So in in chapter 2 of Haggai, uh, in verse 3, it says, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with, with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Let's read over here and see what it says in the Amplified. Sometimes it says the same thing. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Is not this in your sight as nothing in comparison to that? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel says, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land. So they were comparing it, Don, to all the glory and the splendor of Solomon's temple. Not only had they become disinterested, they had become discouraged. Keep, well, it's never going to be as good as that. Keeping up with the Joneses, right. were they? <laughs> right, yeah, right. In and, today's yeah. time. Yeah, and and feeling like, you know, I think we can relate to that in this day and time. Nothing's ever going to change or it's never going to be. I, I never have anything ahead of me that's better mm-hmm. than what I've experienced. It's never going to get better, never going to look better, never going to feel better. My finances aren't going to be better. My marriage, da, 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 da. And so they were getting discouraged, mm-hmm. you know. Those, and if you keep saying that, that's where you're going to stay. Right, that's exactly right. You're going to stay right there. So they said, you know, comparing to this new temple with Solomon's temple, it's never going to measure up. It's never going to happen. But what did the Lord say? He said, how do you see it now? How do you see it? How do you see this temple? Do you see it staying like this? Do you see it staying undone and ruined and toppled and and, uh, rubble? Or do you see it coming into uh, former glory, even exceeding? Because if you read on down... (laughs) It tells you what it's going to end up being. Mm -hmm. How do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not as... Let me say that again. In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Are you able to really see spiritually? Are you able to see the vision? Are you able to see what God is painting? Mm -hmm. Are you just seeing the bills that are piled up? Are you just seeing the moment? The you're moment, just in the moment, but not, you're not seeing the vision of what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you see it? Mine says it must seem like nothing at all. Mm. Yeah. How do you, how, so that's like how nothing. they see it, like nothing. It, they see it like nothing at all because right. it's not it's in its glorious splendor like the other temple. Yeah. So it's important how you see. It's important how your mind's eye sees it, how you process those thoughts. If you look strictly at the rubble and things being torn up, uh, confusion, if you see it like that, then you're not going to, you're not going to believe for the better. Right. You have to get your heavenly download of what it's supposed to look Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, you need to ask yourself right now in the situation that you're, you're, you are in, ask 
yourself what the Lord asked them. How do you see it now? How do you see it? Are you comparing? Are you living in the past? Are you just living in the former glory that nothing's ever going to change? Oh, I'm past my prime or I'm never going to feel good. Just living in your failures. Yeah. yeah. You want to live habits. in your failure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that, that's really, hey, that's such a pointed question. How do you see it now? How do you see your life? How do you see your marriage? How do you see your finances? How do you see your calling or your job? How do you see it? That's so important. Sometimes we need a, our, our uh, eyesight adjusted or right. spiritual eyesight. A new, a new, lens, a new, new lens. lens. Yeah, right. So he's, he's telling them, don't be, don't be discouraged. Stop comparing. So this is what he says. He, and he said in verse 14, Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. So he's speaking to Zerubbabel, the governor. So he's speaking to the political realm. He's speaking to, to the governmental realm. And be strong, Joshua, that's the, the priestly realm. And be strong, all you people of the land. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Three times. Be strong, be you strong, think you be strong. Meant, you think he meant that? <laughs> I think he meant that. Come on, be you strong. You can't, he also says you can do it. Right. He says you can be strong because right. he's telling you mm-hmm. to. He <laughs> says, be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And here's a four-letter word. And work. W-O-R-K, work. Oh, man. Be strong and work. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I want to sit on the couch and, and eat bonbons. Yeah, right. Some people think that's what we do, but no. Because <laughs> you know what? Ministry is work, but it's a joy. It's a blessing. It's so fun, is but it's motherhood work. It's motherhood and being a wife. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, a whatever, teacher, whatever uh, you do. Fireman. <laughs> it's work. Yeah. He said, be strong and work. Be strong and work. That's, that's just really simple. And he said, for, in other words, this is why. This is how you can be strong. This is how you can work. For I am with you. I am your strength. I am your power. I am your ability. I am your resource. I am everything. Be strong, for I am with you. Praise God. Now, the third message was, so the first message was, consider your ways. The second message was, be strong and work, for I'm with you. The third one was, I will bless you. And the, there was a dissatisfaction that had come uh, in verse, let me see, let me skip down over here. We're in chapter 2. And they had become discouraged They were because they had been comparing the new temple with Solomon's temple. They'd never mess you up. And so they just become dissatisfied. It's not good enough. My car's not good enough. My clothes aren't good enough. My job's not good enough. Somebody has it better than yeah, me. Right. Dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Dissat- you know, the devil, he, uh, he specializes in disinterest, discouragement, and dissatisfaction. And unless y'all think I'm that smart, I got that part. I got some of this out of my notes of my New Spirit-Filled Life Bible, my favorite Bible. It has all <laughs> kinds of wonderful footnotes. And I thought, that is so good. I'm going to share that. So... Uh, in verse, let's go scoop, skip on down, Don, to verse 9. He's going to deal with this discouragement, this disinterest, and dissatisfaction in Haggai 2, verse 9. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord. Hallelujah. 
That refers in part to the dedication of Zerubbabel's actual temple, but it also was prophesying God's indwelling of human temples through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what they were building. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They didn't realize that this was going to represent Jesus Christ, the, the Lord indwelling our temples. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. Because before, God was relegated to a temple, to a house, to a building. Now, He's in all of us that, that have named the name of Christ and are saved. It was foreshadowing what was going to happen. It was foreshadowing Jesus. They didn't realize they were building Jesus, so to speak. Was, they didn't realize it. Yeah, I was reading something in my um, devotional this morning, and it spawned me to, it's funny that this is our topic today because it spawned me to tell God, I'm so grateful that I don't have to go on a pilgrimage mm-hmm. to meet with you or to find you. I don't have to go far away to a faraway land, walk right. for miles and days to get to you. I can get to you right here where I am today. And I don't have to go to a priest. Right. I don't have to have anybody else do it for me or cl- or put blood on the seat so that I'm not going to be killed, you know, I mean, I can go directly to my God and say, Father, forgive me if I've messed up, Mm -hmm. forgive me where I've sinned, forgive me where I've lacked. Now, Father, I turn to you. Mm -hmm. I am asking for your help. Let the spirit of God that's in me rise up and do what I need to do today. Do what you've called me to do today. Mm -hmm. And, and, and in the future and all those things. So I, I, it's funny that that's, the, that's where we went today because yeah. I, I was just like, thank you, God, that yeah. I don't have to do those things. No, we I don't. I can go right to you because yes. you're, you're living in me. He is, he is ever-present. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Mm-hmm. So God, uh, Haggai was dealing with the immediate problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they become disinterested, mm-hmm. dissatisfied, discouraged, uh, that, that thinking that the glory of this temple could never be compared to Solomon's. But what he said was, be strong and work. Mm-hmm. And then he dealt with the long-range solution uh, for the builders to understand and know they were building for the day when God will so fill this house with glory that it will surpass the glory of Solomon's temple. Again, that's my footnotes. He was dealing with a, long, a long-range solution. He wanted them to get, get them heart, their hearts and their minds off of the here and now right, only. Right. Yes, they needed to be in the here and now to build, to work and to right. build. They we have to, to deal with things in the here and but he will give us strength right. to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, but he was then saying, he was casting the vision. You don't realize, sometimes we don't realize when we're scrubbing our toilets, <laughs> you know, that, that menial task, what we're learning in that process, in the whole grand scheme of things, you know, we're learning excellence, we're learning the cleanliness and the order, we're learning obedience in the small, the menial, the servanthood things that nobody mm-hmm. sees behind the scenes so that he can take us into another place that's in front of people. Right. And we don't see what that impact is either because, you know, being a mother, my mm-hmm. kids used to gripe and complain about how often I made them clean and scrub and mm-hmm. do, and now as adults, they're good at it. Mm-hmm. And they thank me for it right. sometimes. They're like, Mom, you ruined me. I can't go to, I can hardly go to somebody else's house sometimes because of this or that or the other, you know, it's like, Mom, you ruined me, but right. thank you. Right. Thank <laughs> but thank you, you that I like me. to be clean. Yeah, yeah. right. So building you don't good. know what the long-term impact is no matter what you're doing. It's building good habits. Right. You know, uh, something else I want to touch on for a moment. So they get started doing all this, Don, and they expected, expected an immediate, rever- immediate reversal 
of all the years of their inactivity, doing their own thing, building their own houses or being in captivity and exile. So Haggai asked the priest a question in uh, chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 about clean and unclean things and their influence on one another. The resp- and so I'm going to, let me see, let me read that. I'm just going to read it. If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil or any food, will it become holy? Then the priest answered and said, no. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. So you're like, what on earth is, what? <laughs> what? But so here, here's what was happening. The response of the priest is that uncleanness is infectious, while holiness is not. The application is obvious. Listen to this and say, oh me, oh my, or praise God, one. Do not expect the work of three months to undo the neglect of 16 years. Oh me, oh my, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> do not expect so the work. So you mean if I, if I start watching what I do today mm-hmm. on my body, let's just say that. That in three months, you mean I won't in three months look like a supermodel? <laughs> I would like to say yes. I but, would love um, to, no. but no, it usually doesn't work that way. <laughs> right, right. So I love that, that it's so practical there. Do not expect the work of three months to undo the neglect of 16 years. Ouch. The Lord's next word to the people is a surprise. Now get this. This is his third message. But from this day, I will bless you isn't that sweet so he ends up giving us some exponential help right (laughs) right uh this the people needed to understand that god's blessings cannot be earned but come as gracious gifts from a giving god oh i love that so you know god there's so much this this is a two chapter book okay there's two chapters in it but there's so much that it's hard the brain can't hardly take it all in so God dealt with every single thing. Three messages, consider your ways, be strong and work, I will bless you. He dealt with uh, disinterest, discouragement, and dissatisfaction, how they saw things. And he dealt with their comparison. You know, we can compare, we can be jealous, we can be in competition, uh, or we can just give up and say there's absolutely... One of the devil's thing he likes to do, and he's so sly about it, is... What's the use? What's the use I have tried and failed before? What's the, what difference is it going to make? Okay, say you're a mom and you're totally overwhelmed. Your house is a wreck. You're trying to take care of little kids. What good is it going to do to pick up that tennis shoe? <laughs> start one where you're at. Time. Start somewhere. One yeah. more time. <laughs> What's it going to do? Good is it going to do if I'm going to make this bed? Well, it starts it the process. It gives you peace for sure. Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. And if you're a young mom, you sure need some peace. Been there, done that. So, What is Haggai telling us? And again, this is my footnotes. Uh, They're really helping me today. Haggai issues a clear call that we should set ourselves to the task assigned to us by God. That's, That's a mouthful right there. We should set ourselves to the task assigned to us by God. We should not allow difficulties, enemies, or selfish pursuits to turn us aside from divinely given responsibilities. So don't allow difficulties, enemies, or selfish pursuits get you off track. The noble nature of our calling and the promised presence of God and His Holy Spirit 
encourage us to fulfill our commission. So he's with us. I'll be with you. Be strong. And he will enable you to fulfill your commission. By emphasizing the cooperative roles of prophet, priest, and prince, and people, Haggai also demonstrates the necessity for teamwork in carrying out God's purposes on earth. We need to work as a team. Now, there's another consideration in uh, 2.19. When he's, you know, he told you earlier twice, consider your ways, consider your ways. Now, let's read this. See if I can find it. Hmm. Verse 18. Consider now from this day forward. And then he, well, I'll just read it. From the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But, but, from this day, I will bless you. So there was the promise. That was his third message. I'm going to bless you. There's going to be fruit. And then he says uh, in verse 23, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, I have chosen you. I have sought you out. I have set you apart. I have called you. And a signet ring represented an article of special value to its owner. We are of special value to the Lord. Zerubbabel's name remains recorded for all to see as a sign of the special place granted him by God. For he is listed in the genealogies of our Lord Jesus. He was a special treasure chosen, picked out to rebuild the temple, to encourage the people, uh, to cause them to get together in unity and to work and to not be afraid, to not be discouraged or disinterested and, and to not uh, be dissatisfied to rise up and fulfill not don't forget why you're in your why you've been called out of exile don't forget why you've been brought back to the land is to build the temple don't forget it and i love the fact as i brought up in the in the beginning uh how that it was the prophet uh the priest and the governor all three realms the political the spiritual uh the prophet which was the the messenger from God, the high priest the representing God, God to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. God to the people, the, the people to God. And so I'm believing that and declaring that over the United States of America, the vision that the Lord had when we were called into being as a nation, that it will come forth, come to pass, and we will begin to work together in teamwork, that we, the people, the house of God, the temple of God, would begin to rise up and walk and declare and do the work though, to work. Uh, the Bible says, he said, work, work, uh, rise up, be strong, and work, for I am with you. And I just speak and release that over the United States of America. Listen, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, just say, Lord, come into my life. I invite you in. I give you all of my past. I give you today, and I give you my future. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Change me. Take over. Be in control of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I ask you to just have your way in everything I do and say. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, then you have just become a new creation, a new creature in Christ, is what the Bible says. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So 
you have become a born-again child of God. And so I invite you to call our prayer line at 866-241-0579. We want to send you out some scriptures that will help you on this new walk with the Lord. Also, go to our website, luada.org, L-O-U-A-D-A.org. There's lots of free resources, and there's things on our store that when you order that, it helps us to continue to preach the gospel. When you give, and thank you to everyone that gives, uh, I invite you to consider this as a... um, the end of the year, if you have a desire to give an end of your gift to a 501c3 tax deductible ministry, we will use it to win people to Christ. We will use it for the glory of God and to build the kingdom of God. And uh, we would be so grateful. Uh, the gospel is free, but preaching it is not. So we invite you to uh, pray about that and ask the Lord if he would have you give, and if so, how much. And you can go to our website at lueda.org, or you can call our prayer line at 866-241-0579. I can't tell you what a blessing it is to get to come every week and share the Word of God with you. You are a joy. We love you. We appreciate you. We will see you next week.